The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had become overcome by sleep, but became fully awake. They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. And while he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. And they became frightened. And when they entered the cloud, and then from the cloud came a voice and said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. You may have had the experience of knowing someone for quite some time, only to discover that there were things you didn't know. This person is really somewhat different than you thought them to be. It may be something very good. You may discover a very positive quality heroism or generosity, bravery, maybe negative. Someone you thought was quite wonderful isn't so wonderful after all. Because something they have done has revealed something to you. The transfiguration is like that. We have this gospel twice a year. There are things we can say about it every time, and some things perhaps that are new. Our Lord takes them up into a mountain. In scriptures, if you're going up into a mountain, there's going to be a theophany. God is going to appear. And while he's up there, he's changed. We are told in the Gospel of St. Luke that his face was changed in appearance. Uh, 
and his clothing became dazzling white. I'm certain that this was the way our Lord would have always looked if he hadn't restrained himself. You can't put divinity inside humanity and not expect it to be visible. Because you can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar, but the whole jar becomes light. So our Lord would have always looked like this if he hadn't restrained himself, I think. And this purpose of this is to strengthen the apostles for what is to come to give them an understanding of what must be. So two men are standing with him, Moses and Elijah. These two, Moses the law, Elijah the prophets. These two men are interesting too. Their death is somewhat mysterious. Elijah was taken up into heaven on a chariot. Moses died, but the scriptures tell us that no one knows the grave of Moses. Moses, remember, was not allowed into the promised land because he had disobeyed the Lord. But he got in now. They're speaking about the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, his suffering and death. That's his exodus. They're speaking about the perfection of what he's come to do. And Peter and his companions are all of a sudden made aware of this. It must have been quite a shock for them to see our Lord like this and to see Moses and Elijah there as well. And they see his glory. And quite naturally, and Peter, of course, is the spokesman. He always is. Peter wants it to remain this way. Remember always, when our Lord told them that he was going to suffer and die, Peter said, oh no, it can't be that way. Peter's always telling the Lord what he ought to do, but he's never listening to him. He's always telling the Lord what he thinks ought to be. And so Peter then thinks, oh, this is very nice. Remember too, when our Lord was cured Peter's mother-in-law, and he was healing people, and everyone was coming, Peter said, let's stay here. And the Lord said, no, we have to move on. Peter wants to stay here, too. I can't, who can blame him? Would you? I want to stay as well. He said, Master, it is good that we are here. Very pleased with this. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. We can remain for a while. We can bask in this beauty. How often we would like to do that, wouldn't we? We have those moments in life, perhaps some deep spiritual moment, when we experience great consolation or... Uh, elation, ecstasy in the presence of God, but it doesn't last very long. And he wants this to last. And we are told by St. Luke that he did not know what he was saying, as usual. Peter did not know what he was saying. But the only time he ever did was when he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But today he doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, he doesn't know why they're there. And now comes the cloud. And the cloud always means that God is going to speak to his people. Uh, and the cloud overshadows them. And they are frightened. Remember in the first reading we were told about Abraham and his covenant with God. All of a sudden he goes into a trance, into a deep darkness, and he is frightened. The, the saints all know that. The saints know what that darkness is like. 
Read their lives sometime, like St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila. They went into a darkness. That's, um, as one Carthusian monk went, you know, when they write books, it always says, by a Carthusian, or by an anonymous Carthusian. I, I don't think there are any named Carthusians. But, um, and what he said was, if the light shines in the darkness, then we have to go into the darkness to find it. And sometimes we do. God will lead us into darkness to find him. And we have to go through that experience. People get very upset when that happens. They want to be like Peter, to always be on the mountain where everything is bright and shiny. But sometimes we have to go into the darkness, or we won't grow up. If we don't have that, those empty moments, and very often a lot of them, we aren't going to mature. And the saints all knew that, and Abram learned that too. In any event, the cloud comes, and then the voice from the cloud. This is my chosen son. Listen to him. Listen to him. I mentioned yesterday at stations, they don't want to listen. Whenever our Lord tells them something, they always want to do what they want to do. Remember yesterday, reading from um, the Passion, when our Lord tells Peter and the disciples, they're all going to fall away, and they say, no, we won't. They tell the Lord what they are not going to do because they believe in their own strength and in their own love, and they just don't have it. You will all fall away because of me. And Peter says, uh, though they all fall away, I will never fall away. And our Lord tells him, not only will you fall away and leave me, you will all desert me, but you will deny me three times. And again, they won't listen. Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And the scriptures say, and all the disciples said the same. They all said the same thing. They wouldn't believe the Lord when he spoke to them. And so God says, listen to him. I've said this many times. The scriptures say to us, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And you and I have inverted that to listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. And I don't want to listen. Uh, but we have to. Because what will happen now? They, all of a sudden, the whole image is gone. And our Lord is standing there alone. And they're afraid. They don't know what to think of what just happened. But think of this too. This is given to them to strengthen them for the end. Will they remember this in the end? No. They won't remember it at all. I think I mentioned, was it last week, that the one collegial decision the apostles made, the one decision they all agreed upon as a body, was that when the Lord was arrested, it was time to desert him and run away. That they could agree on. But even then, you would think they would have remembered. In fact, even more so, I've always found it amazing that our Lord gave them the Eucharist just prior to his arrest. He gave them himself to strengthen them for what was about to happen. He gave them his body and blood, his own life. And what happened? The moment that they come, they do desert him and flee. And Peter, again, will deny him three times. Why? Because, first of all, our Lord told them to watch and pray. Did they pray? No, they slept. Secondly, at that moment, instead of trusting in the power of God, they trusted in their own power and their own ability and their own loyalty and their own natural love, and it just didn't work. It fell apart, as will our love fall apart, unless we are strengthened by him. Uh, We have to keep that in mind. He gives us himself, but we have to allow that grace to work on us and to transform our own lives. Otherwise, we will be making decisions based on our own power and they will always be feeble and in the end fail. So, 
Uh, you and I then are for the moment on the mountain. At this moment we are on the mountain. We have come up for this short time to be with our Lord. I will firmly believe too that unless our Lord restrained himself, the Eucharist would have the same appearance as he did on the mountain of transfiguration. But he restrains himself because it takes faith. Uh, there have been certain miracles when the Eucharist has been transformed, but those are very rare. Uh, we have to come here with faith to this mountain uh, to see and more than see, if possible, to receive this great uh, event, this great event of Jesus Christ, this person of Jesus Christ. Uh, how really exciting this is uh, that God should do such a thing and how wonderful that we are allowed to come here uh, to be with him. We sang in the opening hymn, "'Tis good Lord to be here." It is, there is no greater place to be uh, wherever we happen to be at any given moment than here. Uh, and from time to time we have to go back up in that mountain. But, like the disciples, we will always have to go down that mountain and climb another one, which is Calvary. And that is where we find our redemption. That's where we then have to go if we're going to experience the love of God. So, the next few moments... We can rejoice in the presence of the Lord as he comes to us. Uh, and we th- think, yes, Lord, it is good that we are here. But then we have to come down, and the world out there is waiting for us to change it. But not on our own, only because of what we have seen and what we have received.